Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to the Mommy Chronicles with Denise Davis May and Tanya Scott Williams, your parenting partners in raising phenomenal children. Good morning, good morning, Montgomery, Auburn, Tuskegee, Savannah, and other areas surrounding Atlanta. We are so happy to be here with you this morning. How are you, Tanya? Oh, let me see. Traffic jam this morning and printer problems. But other than that, I'm okay. Awesome, awesome. Well, we are so happy to be here this morning to talk about an issue that at least has been one for Tanya and I. When was the last time that you actually knew in advance what you were going to serve for lunch or for dinner? Uh, Apparently, it is an issue for a number of us who have no idea, uh, and that's according to uh, Food Genius, which is, which is a data analysis company in Chicago, Illinois. They report that over 70% of Americans do not know what's for dinner by 4 o'clock in the evening each day. Moms are pulled in multiple directions with work and child care and all of the multiple demands that families have. And uh, we're sometimes just overwhelmed and spent by the end of the day. And we sometimes, and not me, (laughs) heavily rely on restaurants or prepackaged meals from the grocery store to fill that gap. And and while there have been some improvements in the quality and and health-related Uh, um, nature of some of those offerings recently, uh, to rely on those sources day in and day out um, can be expensive, um, but it also doesn't really satisfy the opportunity to have home-cooked family meals where everyone kind of contributes to that process. So on today's show, we're going to tap into our inner chef a bit, uh, and we're going to get some help from an expert. Mm-hmm. So we're going to welcome uh, to our show today Ms. Davina Jernigan. Uh, she and her husband Nick own Montgomery Super Suppers in East Montgomery, and they are located in the Pepper Tree Shopping Center at 8105 Vaughn Road. Uh, not only can you drop in and pick up some healthy food that's lovingly prepared by the Jernigans and their team, but you can also take cooking classes. Uh, the Jernigans also recently expanded their food trade by way of their new food truck called On a Roll in downtown Montgomery. Davina, good morning. Are you there with us? Good morning. Us? Welcome to the show. Well, I'm so happy to be here. Okay, that was my <laughs> that was my attempt at at adding some sound this morning. My apologies, but we do give you a round of applause and do thank you for coming on with us uh, today, uh, because you know really it's it's just no joke um, trying to figure out what to prepare for your families as you're trying to manage um, other responsibilities. And, uh, Ms. Jernigan, you and I have actually talked uh, in the past about um, how, you know, women are trying to balance those things and, and to some degree maybe feeling a little guilty about the food part of their responsibilities. So if you wouldn't mind, if you could just tell us first off, if you could give us one or two suggestions uh, so that our audience can start creating a vision in their minds of some quick, easy meal ideas. Absolutely. I think one thing that uh, women have a tendency to do, we um, take on too much. And, um, of course, that goes without saying. But also, a healthy, well-balanced meal um, doesn't have to take a lot of time. A tuna fish sandwich with fresh tomatoes, romaine lettuce, 
and whole grain breads can be a well-rounded dinner. I think uh, with the influence of the Food Network, we set these really high expectations. We want to have a perfectly set table. We want to have several courses. Sometimes we just need to uh, step back and keep it simple. So that's where I would start, Uh, just stepping back, keeping it simple, and also remembering that one of the most important things um, to family meal is being with your family. So taking the time to set the table, maybe sit down, um, and just really make that a really sacred time. Mm, I like the idea about, you know, setting the table because there is something about putting the plates out and the forks and the knives out that can turn a simple meal into something a little more formal. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. What what are some of the, so for for me, uh, being in the South and being in a rural community where the expectation is pretty much a meet and three for every dinner meal. Do you have any, any and, and I appreciate the, the keeping it simple, um, I, I just wonder my husband's, what my husband's response would be and, frankly, what my 12-year-old's response would be to a, a tuna sandwich for dinner. Um, <laughs> do you have any other suggestions about how I could kind of expand from that simplicity of the, the tuna sandwich um, to some additive, some, something that could support that? Absolutely, and that's fair. Um, Oftentimes for dinner we don't want a cold meal. We want something hot. I encourage people to pull out their crock pots, and if they don't have one, to purchase one. They use very little energy. It's something that you can put on in the morning. Throw a chicken in the crock pot, um, half of an onion, some cloves of garlic, some fresh citrus, and by the time you come home from work, dinner is prepared. You can also throw a cup of rice in, and then you have your sides. So you're absolutely right. Oftentimes people, um, they they do want something like a meat and three. Um, When you are preparing vegetables, I always encourage people, don't just um, be a little bit, um, don't be short-sighted. So cleaning, picking and cleaning collard greens is not the most enjoyable task. But if you're going to do one Mm. bunch, go ahead and do three bunches. When you're cutting Mm -hmm. those up, just go ahead, cut up the three bunches, cook them all off, and then you can set some aside in the freezer. So when you're thinking about your meal planning, um, you know, try to plan for a couple of meals, a few meals. And then sometimes, oftentimes people don't want to eat the same thing for multiple days. Well, then that's when it's really great to freeze because then you can pull out your individual servings later on in the month because you have preserved them by freezing them. Awesome, awesome. So so talk to us about what are some must-haves uh, for the refrigerator and pantry? What are some things we just need to have in, in the fridge and pantry? Well, I'm only half Southern, so I think what I probably have <laughs> in my my pantry might be a little bit different from what others have. Um, but I think it's always important to have dried and um, canned beans. They're just really quick. It's a good source of protein. Um, I love to have diced tomatoes. I love coconut milk, keeping coconut milk in. Um, it's great for a quick curry. Um, different types of rice. I like basmati, brown rice. Um, I don't even know exactly what you call that yellow rice. My grandmother used to make it all the time. It's delicious. It might just be, you know, the highly seasoned um, mm-hmm. yellow rice. <clears throat> we always keep some of that, and we'll just make a quick vegetable pilaf um, with that. Also, 
um, frozen vegetables in your freezer. We belong to a CSA, Community Supported um, Agriculture, and we get a ton of fresh vegetables. But I think one thing that happens when you have fresh vegetables, sometimes when you're looking at them, it can be a little bit intimidating and overwhelming. You can find great organic produce at Costco that runs you about $1.25 per pound. Keep those in your freezer. You can pull them out. They come in one-pound packages, pop them in the microwave or steam them for just a couple of minutes, and you have a nice side. And you're not constantly worried about I – mean, I think oftentimes when we've made a commitment to eat healthier – um, we sometimes feel like we're wasting money because we don't know exactly what to do with that kohlrabi that we picked up from the farmer's market, and then it goes bad. And then, then we feel guilty all over again. They we're like, well, I really tried. But just keeping some things, don't reinvent the wheel. There are some things that, I mean, if, if your family loves broccoli, green beans, lima beans, um, that may not sound like the sexiest vegetable, but if that's what your family likes, keep those on hand and use them. Mm-hmm. I like that uh, idea about stocking the pantry mm-hmm. with, with some go-to items. Um, and then looking at things, you know, because most of the things that you've mentioned, we already have in our pantry. Mm-hmm. It's just at 4 o'clock when you open the door and you look at all of that stuff, you're trying to figure out how to make it work. In particular, you mentioned the coconut milk. We've got like five cans of coconut milk in the pantry right now, and usually my husband makes a wonderful Thai dish with those, but that's only once in a while. You said that it makes a great curry, um, uh, sort of, I guess, to put on as a sauce or a, on top of rice or something. So how would you suggest we whip that up? Because I can see that making my, you know, being a nice addition to one of my meals. Okay. Um, there's a brand, I believe it's called My Poi, um, M-A-E-P-L-O-Y, and it is a Thai curry. You can buy it um, at Capital Market and I believe they may also have it at Publix, although the brand at Publix or Winn-Dixie might be called Thai Kitchen. It's just, um, it's already made curry paste. Take your coconut milk, a couple of tablespoons of curry paste, heat that up. You can also add to it bamboo shoots, garlic, fresh ginger. Um, Bring that to a simmer. And to that you can add um, either tofu, which I love, or chicken tenderloins. What I love about uh, chicken breast tenderloins, they cook almost instantly. Um, that's another great thing to keep in your freezer. Once you get your um, curry to a simmer, then throw your tenderloins in. While you're doing that, you need to have your rice going in the rice cooker, and in 20 minutes, you have dinner ready. Rachel Ray ain't got nothing on this, okay? Oh, my my gosh, that sounds so good. It does. So we've talked about some of the grocery ideas, and and this really is helpful. Um, How... One of my challenges is, is where I put things in the pantry, and and I've tried to be organized. And and but what are some tips that you might have to organize our pantry in a way that we will know what we have and be able to get to it fairly quickly? I am so glad you asked that question. And sometimes people don't want to know my answer. Eat what you already have. <laughs> Quit going out and buying things before you have taken care of the things that are in your pantry, ladies and gentlemen. Um, <laughs> we, Toward the um, end of the year last year, I just said, you know what, I'm eating through these things in the pantry. I keep looking. You know, I had I had a ton of tuna. I had um, I had top ramen. Sometimes I get a hankering for it. Um, but I was just like, I am not going to start off the year 
um, you know, with these old things, <clears throat> excuse me, in my pantry. So we literally ate from the pantry. Some of the meals were fabulous and some of them not, not so much. But um, we didn't want to waste. And I think that when you're, again, when you're looking for healthier meals, um, people sometimes think that it's a little bit more expensive. It's not nearly as expensive as buying things to just sit in your pantry. So my first suggestion would be to eat what's in there. Also, discard things that are out of date. I'm sure that that's probably in most people's pantries take care of about 15 to 20% of what's in there. So my first step would be to discard anything that is um, that you haven't used in six months um, that may, may be open. And if you're not going to use it, you can always donate it to a food pantry if it's still um, within, if it still has a good date, and then get rid of things that have expired. And I think that's going to take rid of a lot. And then I think the tendency is to, say, oh, I would love some chicken fricassee for dinner. Then you'll go out and buy the ingredients. Start with looking at the ingredients that you have in your pantry and build your meal around what's already in your pantry. Mm. Shop at home first. Hey, I love that. Shop at home first, exactly. (laughs) (laughs) I like it, yeah. Um, Can I coin that? I'm going to coin that. Shop at home first. I'm in rattling around in my brain where that came from. That's actually a Rickism. If you know my husband Rick Williams, he has lots of little sayings. Um, okay. So that is, is we will shop at home first before we go buy another thing. Uh, that is so great. Yes, uh, I'm sure he'll allow you to use that. But what you were just saying actually um, sort of points to a question that we had uh, from one of our listeners who we were able to uh, get some sound from before the show. So let's just go to her question now. This is. Uh, Sonia uh, from Montgomery. My family and I would like to avoid as much processed food as possible. Healthy eating can be expensive. What would you recommend to help incorporate a healthier eating lifestyle, one that also tastes well, on a budget? That's a great question. Um, I really think eating what's in season. Oftentimes people want strawberries in January. You can get some. But um, when we're shipping from all over, if we're not eating in season, then it becomes more expensive. This is, a, this is the perfect time for asparagus. Asparagus is running about $2 a pound. If we're getting it four or five months from now, then it's going to be $5 a pound. So if we eat what's in season, um, buying things that are on sale, not just because they're on sale, but things that you would, that you would normally eat when they're on sale, suck up a little bit. Go ahead and cook them off, put them in um, containers, and then freezing them, putting putting um, your meals up just like you would do vegetables. Um, but, again, just, just really buying what's in season. Also, um, we, are, we are used to getting what we want when we want it. There is a lot of joy that just comes from going to the farmer's market and saying, just remembering how people used to shop and how people used to eat. Um, and then waiting until I had a taste for um, cantaloupe the other day. I just really wanted cantaloupe. And I was at a store, and they had some, but I knew that I would be disappointed with that cantaloupe. So I was like, you know what, I'm, I'm going to wait until late May, early June. It will be less expensive, and it will taste much better. So I just think eating what's in season, um, stocking up when you get a good deal on something, something that you're going to use because oftentimes you'll find that you may stock up Purchase things are on sale just because they're on sale. So I, I don't want to encourage people to do that, but if you find something that your family enjoys, 
um, go ahead and stock up when it is on sale and definitely eat what's in season. You will save a time. You know, I grew, up in a, I grew up in a small town in Florida, um, and we lived by the seasons. Um, you know, we knew when the corn was fresh. We knew when those snap beans yeah. were going to be ready, tomatoes and things like that. Now, fast forward uh, a certain number of years, um, I've sort of lost touch with seasonal food. So when people say, uh, as you suggested, you know, buying food when it's in season, sometimes you can you can you can uh, get an indication of that by the price. But sometimes we just don't know when asparagus is in season, or uh, I don't know, tomatoes or or oranges. How do you can you give us some food, some pro, um, some produce items that we can look for at certain seasons of the year? Yes, right now you're looking for asparagus. Um, there's a lot of lettuces in season. In about a month we're going to have fabulous tomatoes. Um, also, uh, the staff at Eat South is wonderful. They actually have a um, they have a growing calendar that you can always take a look at. And if you go to their website, um, I don't have it off the top of my head. I believe it's eatsouth.com or org, but, um, but that's a great way to find out what's in season and they always, and also joining a CSA, then you're guaranteed to get what, what they are actually growing. And oftentimes when you pick up your purchases from the CSA, that food has been harvested that morning. It cannot get any mm. closer. Wow. Harvested that morning. Yeah, that's, that's pretty neat. Yeah, that's so, pretty fresh. So you mentioned Rachel Ray earlier, and a lot of us are um, fans of, of the Food Network and, and uh, some of the other uh, cable channels which focus on food and preparation. But many of us have some anxiety around engaging in preparing these wonderful uh, images of meals and dishes that we see. Um, and many people think that I just can't do it. I, there's no way that I can can actually complete that particular dish. What are some tips in overcoming some of that anxiety? Um, <laughs> well, I think oftentimes um, when you see these things on TV, these are things that most people cannot do. So realizing <laughs> that the folks on the Food Network, they have a team of folks, and a lot of those shows haven't even prepped their own. You know, I mean, I know that they can they can cook, but they have a team that gets those items ready for them. Um, I also think that we need to, so I think some of that is a self-imposed anxiety. Um, yes, beef bourguignon is delicious, but so is our grandmother's pot roast, and she would put that in the oven in the morning or stick it in a crock pot. So I think once, if you have the food and it's, it's, it's made with care, it's presented with love, that's what really matters. I mean, I think when we think about good meals that we've shared with people, we remember the conversation, we remember the people, um, and food is food is my business, food is my life, um, but the fellowship is what's really important to me. So I think we've just got to cut ourselves some slack. Um, we do want to make sure that we have a well-balanced meal for our family, but if you are serving, um, if you are serving roasted chicken, and you don't have an apricot gastrique, that is okay. What's important is that you're sitting down to have that dinner. I just think that we really need to um, we need to elevate our expectations with regard to eating, sitting down and enjoying our meal, but we need to lower our expectations 
when it comes to looking like it just came out of a four-star restaurant. Mm, yes, I agree with that because mine does not look like that sometimes. Um, if you're just joining us, you're tuned in to the Mommy Chronicles, and we're talking today with chef and business owner Davina Jernigan. Uh, she's helping us tap into our inner chef so that we can not only decide what's for dinner, but we can make that decision before 4 o'clock every day. Uh, but And we're also going to continue to learn how to do those things fairly quickly and easily, and she's given us some great advice on that. We actually have um, another uh, listener who has sent in a question, and her name is Janae, and she is from uh, Montgomery, and here is her question for us. My family and I are all vegans, and I cook fresh meals five days a week, but sometimes I'd like to be able to pull something out of the freezer that's quick. Can you give some tips on the best way to freeze vegetables? particularly organic vegetables, to make sure that they retain the same nutrients. Thank you. So, so vegan cooking mm-hmm. Yeah, that's a great question. Um, so I would start with um, preparing your vegetables just like you would if you weren't going to freeze them. You want to um, make sure that you wash them off and then any um, – bruises or blemishes, you want to go ahead and remove those uh, just because they'll start to, that'll just make your fruits or vegetables deteriorate quicker. Um, I would cut them up the way that you're going to use them. Um, If you want them diced or in wedges, julienne, go ahead and prepare them the way that you're going to use them and blanch them. Once you blanch your um, fruits and vegetables, it stops the enzymes that continue the ripening process. So you're kind of like stopping it in its tracks, and it also slows down the loss of nutrients. Um, Then I like to spread my fruits and vegetables on a sheet pan before I freeze them. I know a lot of folks have the side-by-side refrigerators, and it may not fit, but even if you get a jelly roll size, you'll spread them out. And what that does, when you freeze your fruits and vegetables, they won't stick together. Freeze them on a flat surface first, and then um, just scrape them off the sheet pan with a spatula, and then put them into Ziploc baggies. Um, Oftentimes on frozen food, it will say IQF, and that stands for individually quick frozen. So that's basically what you'll be doing at home. So I would start with washing them, cutting them up, blanching them. So blanching, you'll put them in hot water for a couple of minutes, boiling water rather for a couple of minutes, and then submerge them in an ice bath to stop the cooking. Pass them dry lay them out on a sheet pan, and then put them in uh, Ziploc bags. I, you know what? You, you're about to change some things for some folks. I mean, I've got a jelly Uh-oh. pan and never once thought about putting that thing in the freezer. Oh, my gosh. That is fantastic. It's awesome. But I also have and to say, I also have to say there are people, I, I just might be one of them, I really get a kick out of seeing things lined up in my freezer. I mean, it makes me so happy. So, if there are people out there who are like me who really like seeing those things lined up, that's fine. But use those things that you've taken the time to prepare and put in your freezer. Um, you know, I like seeing my, my linens folded a certain way. Um, but So that part is fun, the processing of the food. But make sure that you're, still, that you're using those. <clears throat> also, maybe you had a great crop of tomatoes and your, neighborhood, your neighbor had fabulous summer squash. Go ahead and, and swap. You know, get to know your neighbors if you don't already. And if they had cucumbers and you have strawberries, go ahead and switch those out. I mean, that's that's another 
way to add some variety. Some of us are limited as to what we can grow in our own gardens. Um, so team up with your neighbors and, and switch. Do a little bartering. Mm-hmm. So we we are this this has just uh, this time has gone by so quickly. We have a couple more questions before we'll have to wrap up and give you a minute or so to kind of give us any um, last minute burning uh, recommendations that you have. But so we have a couple questions, and the first is, you know, we are in the South, and um, there are some traditions that that we are known for in the South, and and they're flavorful and quite delicious, if I do say so myself. Um, But sometimes they lean towards being unhealthy. What are one or two things that you could suggest that we do to alter some of those traditions without sacrificing taste? I mean, I think oftentimes, I like to think about what people are looking for when they're eating, just like I love collard greens. Um, So I grew up with smoked neck bones generally in my collard greens, um, they were discomforting, they're warm, they taste good, they're really toothy. Um, so when I am making greens, my collard greens without meat, I still want to get that. So using olive oil, garlic, um, caramelizing that onion, I know that my grandmother always used to put a little bit of sugar in her greens with her neck bones. Um, if you caramelize your onions before you add your greens, then you're getting that sweetness. Um, you can even put smoked mushrooms in there, and that's going to emulate the taste of neck bones. Um, but also, I think that um, everything in moderation. So we don't have to eliminate um, all of our food traditions. I think we, <clears throat> we're also in a time where, you know, people go to smorgasbords and um, buffets. So I think we don't have to get rid of all these things, but also we can we can really look to making sure that we have reasonable and healthy portion sizes. Great, great. Um, that, that's but, but definitely olive oil um, because I think people are they're looking for that mouthfeel. Um, was there a dish in particular that you were thinking about? <laughs> Macaroni and cheese. <laughs> oh, a couple of them. <laughs> I mean, but even like mashed potatoes, um, roasted roasted cauliflower is delicious. Um, also, just not, and, you know, also just not putting as much on your plate, but macaroni and cheese, yes, macaroni and cheese is delicious. I make a mean mac and cheese. I also know that I just can't have four servings of that, you know. Uh, so there are some things that that you may sacrifice the taste if you if you lighten it up. But I also just think that we have moved away from eating in moderation, so I think that's a large benefit as well. Um, but also removing some of the saturated fat by night, uh, using meat in a lot of our vegetables when we're cooking them as well. Well, we are already out of time. We've got about two minutes left, and we want to thank you so much, Davina, for sharing your insights. And, and thank you all for listening. We'd like to thank our callers, Jenea and Sonia, uh, for posting those questions. I want to let you know that the sound effects, uh, although they didn't do what I wanted them to, uh, are courtesy of www.freesfx.co.uk. Uh, if you missed part of today's show, you can visit our archives at Mommy Chronicles on Blog Talk Radio at any time. And then we also want you to send in your ideas and your questions, care of Mommy Chronicles 2014, <clears throat> excuse me, Mommy Chronicles 2014 at gmail.com. We'd love to hear from you. And now, when can we get a little bit of sample from, uh, come, come down there and purchase some of that yumminess from that, uh, from that food truck, Ms. Davina? 
Uh, Tuesday through Friday from 11 a.m. until 2 p.m. Okay, and where can we find you? What's the location? Um, it is 210 Tallapoosa. We are um, adjacent to the parking lot at Embassy Suites. It's in a um, early 80s Airstream, and then our food truck. Then we also have another food truck right next door um, that says On a Roll. And, uh, yeah, we're right on the corner of Tallapoosa and Commerce. Your food is always so good. I mean, I've enjoyed um, eating from your uh, store there, Um, Super Suppers. I've had the pleasure of eating at home, so you definitely have the skills, and we're really grateful that you brought some of that to the show this morning, and we want to invite you to come back at some other time. But quickly, before we go, do you have a favorite meal that you like to prepare or a favorite ingredient that you like to use? About uh, uh, 30 seconds, can you tell us? I mean, I probably love any and every vegetable um, that I've ever been exposed to. My absolute favorite meal probably is just like a fresh bowl of of collards right out of the garden. Mm, yes, collard greens. You know, um, quickly tell you, I actually prepared some this weekend in that uh, uh, Cameroonian dish that I tried to make. Oh, uh, I'll yeah, have to talk yeah. about that. Off, yep. uh, on, on another day as to how that turned out. But, again, thank I you mean, so much. I know that kale is all the rage now, but I think we've known for a long time the collards are where it's at. Okay. Well, thank you again. We will have you back on our show sometime in the near future. Thank you. Great. Thanks. Thank you. Take care. Thanks for listening to The Mommy Chronicles with Denise Davis-May and Tanya Scott-Williams. Listen anytime, anywhere on blogtalkradio.com. Find us on Facebook and Twitter. Write to us at mommychronicles2014 at gmail.com. The Mommy Chronicles, your parenting partners in raising phenomenal children.